forget to rate our show and subscribe. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. The episode starts at 1 minute and 52 seconds. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at one 456 4566 You can text 45645, which is coming in the fall of 2023. In Canada, you can also call 988, the Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. And in the United States, 1-877-565-8860. Or call 911. You are not alone, and you do not have to be alone. I would like to honor and recognize the traditional and unceded territories of the Katsi, Kwantlen, and Semiamu nations on whose territory I live, work, and play. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets, and I am passionate about removing barriers for others through creating connections and building on strengths and practical problem solving. I am married to Siobhan, a parent of two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. And now, into the episode. Welcome to part two. Let's pick up the episode where we left off last week. When my wife and I returned for the final report, doctor we saw came out and said, well, I don't support the findings of autism, but I, without question, support ADHD. She went on to explain about ADHD and how the two can look the same or similar rather, but both my wife and I were just stunned. Like, I remember specifically feeling like my stomach just dropped. I asked her if she had looked at the videos that I had given her, and she said no. And that she didn't have time. In addition to the whole stomach-dropping feeling, it also felt like the wind had just been taken out of our sails. We were exhausted. We were tired. Emotionally, physically, spiritually drained. And we just wanted help. That's all we wanted. We knew there was no funding for ADHD. We also knew absolutely nothing about ADHD. Other than probably a lot of the stereotypes that persist that are out there that are just wrong. And... We left that appointment feeling defeated, and we didn't know what to do next. I remember we told our pediatrician, and she was shocked. At the end of the meeting, the doctor basically said to us, why don't you come in for counseling sessions, and you can tell us what you need. We just told you what we needed. Like, it was so... I mean, it was tone deaf to hear that, but to be told that after all those examples, yeah, I was pretty choked. Eventually, when we got the report, she described Owen as a 
quote-unquote, unique little boy. Dear God, unique is not quantifiable for the love of Peter. Reading that just sent me over the edge. It, it did. And I think that was the time when I just felt like maybe the world was sort of against us. Looking back on it now, she was looking for the stereotypical things. Hand flapping, tippy-toe walking, all the time. Not taking into consideration masking. I remember one specific example where Owen was supposed to put together some sort of a toy set of some kind. The task basically was, as he was running around the uh, office, to come over, do the task, and then that was basically it, just guiding through the task. She said that if he was on the spectrum, he'd never be able to, number one, do the task, and number two, never be able to focus on it long enough to complete what he completed. Someone obviously doesn't know what to look for in an autistic child. Part of the problem was we may have put too much faith in this person. We had no way of knowing it was misplaced. We just didn't. We went to see our pediatrician shortly after, and as I mentioned before, she was in shock. It was shortly after that time of getting the ADHD diagnosis that, because that was October of 2018, and that night happened in, well, you heard the other episode. It was basically all of December and, uh, well, part of November, December into January. And I remember emailing our pediatrician saying what had happened. And that's when we started talking about supports like going to Child Youth Family Services, I think that's what it was called, um, or the MCFD, the Ministry for Children Family Development. Again, bringing your child up to the ministry because they've been violent, it's an incredibly scary thing because, again, we have no idea if our child's going to be taken away or not. We didn't know what to do. We did go to the MCFD, and any sort of resource that they had was, I can't remember if I said this in the other podcast, podcast or not, but it was a, you know, it was like a year, year and a half waiting list. <laughs> you want to get into art therapy? Nope, year and a half. You're left really with no options at all. After the Rage Night episode, I believe our pediatrician uh, put the referral into Sunny Hill, which is over at BC Children's Hospital. She wasn't willing to accept it, which made us feel really good. She just felt like there had to be more to the story than, than what she had seen and what we had told her about. And that was great. The referral was put in. Honestly, I didn't think anything of it. I know Siobhan didn't either. We went home and we were just trying to work on with our life because we were waiting for a phone call for an appointment date on yet another leg of the journey. I believe about a year and a half went by. I found it odd, and so did my wife, that we hadn't heard anything from them. We knew there was a two-year wait. That was, that's been a long time. That's been that way for a long time. But we thought, ah, we should have heard something by now. So I called the main number. I got through to someone who, I guess, receives the faxes. And she confirmed that there was no fax received for Owen. At the time, I just felt indifferent. Siobhan and I, we were learning. We were having some successes. 
We were getting better at what we were doing. We also still didn't understand what we were up against. So I went back to our pediatrician and I said, hey, I called Sunny Hill and they haven't received anything. Can you look into it on your end? Pediatrician looks into it. They apologize. We don't know what happened. We'll send it over again. Great. No problem. Totally understand. Mistakes happen. There's nothing we can do at this point and just wait. This time I let things go about maybe eight months, give or take. I thought if it's a two-year wait list, I mean, it's going to take a while, but let's call them back. Hey, did you get the, uh, the facts that, that the pediat- our pediatrician sent over? Nothing. Nothing received again. Now something was weird. It's been at least two years since this first initial request of sending over this fax for this referral. Pediatrician apologizes again. We'll look into it. In the meantime, let's also put a request in for the ADHD clinic at BC Children's, which is what we did. And they confirmed they received it. And so I also, again, assumed that, hey, they've got this one. Sunny Hill should have theirs. We should be fine. Everything's good. We heard back from the ADHD department still a few months later, but relatively faster than everything else we'd experienced so far. So you thought, hey, everything should be okay. We went through the ADHD clinic, and was certainly it was very interesting. Little did we know that one of the doctors, the doctor that we had, this is a tiny bit weird for me because he taught me a lot. And it was around that time I, I came across people like Dr. Russell Barkley. Going through that video of his, which I think was 30 Things Parents with ADHD Children Should Know, was pretty mind-blowing for me to sit there and see someone explain the brain, how he did, and how it affects somebody. And so this doctor and I, we had long conversations, and then I told him what had happened at ABLE, and I said, look, we still think Owen's on the spectrum. He did some work on the Sunny Hill side as well, but he goes, I don't see any autism concerns. Okay, well, that's another doctor. Maybe Siobhan and I are wrong. Turns out that this doctor also didn't have the best reputation. I found this out just recently. There were cases that should be fairly obvious that were, that he had missed, and this is what I'm reading through from Facebook groups. So I shouldn't be too shocked that, you know, something that we're doing over Zoom over the pandemic was was missed. And I guess just a brief sidebar, I find it disturbing that a hospital has doctors that are practicing that aren't good, that there are complaints against, or rather that the mechanism to put complaints forward is not well known or publicized. I have talked to so many parents who have had certain doctors at BC Children's where they've wanted a second opinion, they didn't agree with what had happened just recently i was talking to a mom where the doctor was supposed to spend two hours with the kid and all that unfortunately they only spent about 25 minutes what recourse does that person have anyhow while we were at sunny hill we also had an opportunity to talk to an occupational therapist get some feedback ideas things of that nature we had talked to her for a few months And then eventually we had an in-person meeting uh, in October of 2021. And the pandemic was still technically on at this point. So Owen and I headed down to the hospital. We did our meeting. 
and I didn't fully know what we were going to do. It was interesting. She had him do a series of physical tests, things like throwing the ball, walking one foot in front of the other, working on gross motor skills, but then also the fine motor skills. And I remember Owen struggling with having to pick up these small objects. And by the time the appointment was done, she said, Oh, your son has DCD as well. DCD is a developmental coordination disorder. And if I understand correctly, it's also known as dyspraxia. It basically means, in his case, it takes two or three times as long for him to put together an action that would take a normal person without any issues a fraction of that time. And this got me thinking about, you know, his time back in Ninja, you know, years ago, he was trying so hard to climb up to the ring, to to climb up the uh, obstacles, to use the rings, use the lachet bar, to get his body to do what he wanted it to do. And he struggled with that. Meanwhile, all these other kids that aren't, that don't have these issues are pulling this off, you know, after a couple attempts and it takes him you know, a couple weeks. And like I've pointed out before in other podcasts, he just doesn't give up. Anyways, I called my, I can't remember if I called my wife or texted my wife, but I said to her, hey, honey, guess what? We've got another acronym. But it was frustrating because we suspected autism, you know, this whole entire time. It's in the back of our minds, or rather kind of in the middle of our minds, not so much on the forefront. And Remember when we told our pediatrician? (laughs) I'm not going to repeat her words, but in order to certify the DCD, the OT said that she couldn't do it. Pediatrician had to be the one to do it. We told our pediatrician what she, what the OT had said, and that's when she was just like, "How many hoops does this family have to jump through to get answers?" instead of just being passed down back and forth. That's how we ended up with the DCD designation. But honestly, it's, it's par for the course at this point. Because, brief sidebar, we were also thinking about dyslexia. It wasn't, we weren't fully convinced yet, we are now. But all these things that just keep coming up, same with his eating and wondering about an eating disorder known as ARFID. That is something that I was looking into as well. We completed our stint at the ADHD clinic. Again, still hadn't heard anything from Sunny Hill. So I decided to call Sunny Hill again. And, hey, did you get anything? You know, have you got the referral? Nothing. There is one thing I did forget to mention. When I was speaking to the intake person, the one thing she had said to me, which I thought was just bizarre, was that her most common complaint is that She hears all the time from parents where the doctor's office never faxed over a referral. And yes, I said fax. I just thought it was weird that she that she kept bringing that up. Other things that this person brought up, you know, she kept on pitting the blame to the doctor's office. Nothing on them, of course, because why would that party accept blame? I went and called back our pediatrician. Actually, it might have been an email. And I said, look, this is still not there. And I decided to handle this like I do one of my one of my logistics loads, where I essentially babysit it every step of the way. And I began to call Sunny Hill like 
every day or every other day. Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? It was also very hard to reach the pediatrician's office. So aside from following up with emails, you know, I couldn't really reach anybody on the phone. And it's not uncommon for pediatricians to go through that either, where they're only there certain hours a day. I kept bugging Sunny Hill, and I remember at one point I did, quote-unquote, lose it. I got really mad, just saying, how can you guys lose this? It's like the third time. Eventually, I made it through to somebody else in that department. Wasn't the intake person. And she said to me, she was really nice. Oh, you're Owen's dad. We've been waiting for this paperwork for quite a while. I know who you are. And I was just like, what? Okay. So I had pictures and notes and stuff on my mirror, which my mirror was acted as my whiteboard. It was quite an interesting revelation to hear this. That clerk that I had been talking to, I guess had mentioned it to this other staff person, and she had a little sticky note on her monitor with Owen's name to look for it and watch for it. And it had my phone number on there too. I guess I must have called so much that instead of hearing from them saying, we understand your concern, we're looking for it, we'll reach out to the pediatrician or something like that, somebody was smart enough to make a note of it and take it upon themselves to keep an eye out. And it just so happens that's who I reached that day. And that was a really, really good feeling. It really was. We finally got the phone call that the paperwork had been received. Myself, Siobhan, Owen, and Mackenzie were at the Lego store in the mall. And there is no cell service. This was just prior to Christmas, if I remember correctly. And there is no cell service in this part of the mall. It's in a weird spot. It's a dead spot. You're stuck in the Lego store. My phone rang. And it was Sunny Hill. And they confirmed that they got it. I believe I was on the ground on my knees. Because I was just floored. After all this time. All this effort. Finally. They got it. If you're thinking that this is the end. No, it's not. Maybe time to take a pee break, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting or what Siobhan was expecting at the time, but during those, the course of the conversations with various staff members, they were basically saying, look, we know we've made a, we know there's been a mistake made somewhere. We really don't know on whose end it is, and we can backdate these things, but it's up to the clinician to do it. All right, sweet. Backdate us. It's been like how many years at this point? The most they were willing to backdate us was one year. I tried pushing for more, and the same lady I told you about earlier that was doing the intakes, she goes, she basically said, I suggest you accept it and don't argue about it. And so that was pretty, if it made you mad hearing that, yeah, it made me mad too. And so we did wait. Our relationship with Owen was getting better. Siobhan and I had learned so much in the years that we had been doing all this research on our own, and we just continued to go on with things. And at some point, I basically said, I think it might have been when Owen was three, I want to treat, I want to treat every child as if they're autistic. 
and I didn't mean that in the way of stereotypical what have you. I meant this in the way of I want to treat every child with kindness. That was a game changer for us. Credit goes to my wife for pointing out the things that I was doing wrong. And I'm really glad she did because I was able to see where I was where I was at fault. Because again, when your child is dysregulated, it isn't your child. It's it could be anything and everything that's going on. You are a part of that equation. So I'm forever grateful for my wife for for saying those kind of things to me. Eventually, we got another phone call, and it was to, it was like the next stage of the intake process, and they were going to send us a whole bunch of information. We still didn't have an appointment date yet, but we had all these forms to fill out. Yay, more forms! And that's exactly what we did. We gave the school a whole bunch of stuff. Owen was in grade, Owen was in grade two. We had an awesome conversation with this teacher who is a family friend and we are forever indebted to her because she saw what we saw. She also had experience with spotting autism in her students and she's just a rock star. Really, she was. Is. So we went and filled out all this paperwork and I'm sitting there... There was a funny moment between Siobhan and I when we're looking at one of these big binders of all this stuff that we have. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I'm going to digitize all this and I'm going to add it to a PDF and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, good, 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 good try, Mark. Good try. But the idea of looking at that big, huge, whatever the big size binders are, I don't know if it's eight inch or nine inch ring ones, that was way too much. And this had all our forms Everything we filled out over the years, every survey we filled out for Owen, anytime a doctor asks us to fill out a form, I have no idea how many copies of the scared tests there are in there. There was a lot. So when Sunny Hill asked us to fax over information, began to laugh. Because I'm like, how am I going to get all this stuff in there? And Siobhan and I took like, not that there was any rush to it, because I mean, hey, it's a two-year wait. In the end, we faxed about 80 pages over. Which, honestly, I get a kick out of. I really do. At one point, I called that same intake person back. And I said, look, this is too much to fax over. I just want to bring this down. Or send a courier with it. Like, you can just return it back. And she's like, no, no, no. The fax machine will be fine. We'll make sure there's lots of paper in it. Blah, blah, blah. All right, sure, whatever. For fear of dating this, but what the hey. The year is 2023. And we're still using fax machines, ladies and gentlemen. This stuff should be electronic. We can move mountains of freight in big giant trucks. We have a space station floating around planet Earth. There are multiple rovers on the planet of Mars. We put human beings on the moon in 1969. We have probes around Saturn, we sent a probe all the way past Pluto. And we've got the pictures to prove it. In 1996, we elected the first Indo-Canadian premier of BC. And in the past couple hundred years that music has been around, in the past 15, if I remember correctly, Joe Satriani and Steve Vai, two of my favorite guitar players, if you don't know who they are, invented two brand new scales. They're smarter than Beethoven! Or Mozart. I'm beginning to have too much fun with these examples, honestly. 
but we can't digitize a doctor's referral to an office without figuring out how to protect privacy. It is not that complicated. And I don't mean to be an armchair quarterback, because I'm sure there's, there's always a level of complexity to these things. I really would love to see government ministries pull their heads out of their you-know-whats and, and piece this together so families like mine don't have to go through this. Or to be told by some clerk at a hospital that this is common practice for doctors not to check on things and she gets lots of angry calls. Like, holy cow. Anyhow, I'm, I'm getting away from the story. It is really hard not to interject these things. And that's why I try to say sidebar or what have you. It, I know you're thinking it. We went through it. We thought the exact same thing. Keep in mind that we have not talked about anything that has happened at school or at home. I have said things were getting better, and that is true, but there were still struggles. Grade two was an absolutely brutal year for Owen. The bullying that he faced, punched in the nose by that girl that made his nose bleed, it was a bad year. So let's fast forward to all this, and our expected date for a appointment was... December of 2022. And basically, we were told that it was a moving target because they have to finish with other clients that they have. And it may or may not be that date. I made another phone call just after the new year. I think it was February just to see if anything had changed. And they're saying, oh, now it's now it was summer of of 2023. It's pushed back again. I think it was pushed back in total about I think it was two or three times. And then out of the blue, that date in March of whatever it was that I recorded that episode is when we got the phone call to say, your appointment's April 11th. I think the rest you pretty much know. That was a pretty stunning moment, to be honest. I don't even know why I picked up my phone, but I just did because it was from a block number. (laughs) And I normally don't because who doesn't get spam calls? And if you're wondering what... My wife and I were doing when we got the phone call, we happened to both be home and we were just swapping a load of laundry out of the dryer. I just randomly picked up my phone. It was a very happy moment. We were really shocked. Really, really shocked. And I'm not going to lie, we had to take a day. We had to take a day and process everything because of the whole journey. I mean, at this point, even though. The Sunny Hill process really took four years. From the time of Owen's original diagnosis through ABLE, it's been five years, because he's nine now. It sucks, because again, we could have had access to that 22,000 years ago, when he was four. He could have had help, we could have had services. He may not be behind in things. It's really frustrating. It's really, really, really frustrating. There is a school component I'm going to talk about a little later, but not in this episode. Advocating wasn't something that happened on purpose. Wasn't like that. We just had to keep fighting for him for every little thing, every time he struggled with something. We are really grateful that we have had four absolutely wonderful teachers who I think are just complete angels. We don't, we can't thank you enough for the support. And we've told them how much it meant to us. 
and they've known our journey. And everything that we've tried to do with any of this has been with as much kindness as possibly could ever be done with. You can go in all guns blazing, force your way into things and and demand things and all that. That isn't going to get you what you need. Not all the time. And it's certainly not going to change the system either. Certainly if you do the you know, scorched earth approach, you're going to burn bridges as a result. I know we're frustrated, but the people that we interact with and that we talk to, this is not a situation of their making. I'd rather put my head on the pillow each night before I go to bed and close my eyes, knowing that I treated somebody with kindness and I did my best to help uplift and change a situation that way. We're going to make this the end of part two. Believe it or not, there is a third part to this. In that third part, I'm going to wrap up all the loose ends, and hopefully it answers any remaining questions that you might have. Thank you for listening to our show. Owen, please don't pee on the lightsaber. This is just one of the statements I thought I'd never hear my wife say to our children. If you're hearing this message, you've reached the end of the episode, and for that, I want to say thank you. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge. We are the ADHD family. See you soon for a new episode. I have three things to ask of you. Number one, if you have any comments, questions, or guest ideas, please leave a comment on the Facebook page. Number two, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps people find us. And number three, if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated. medical information on this site and podcast is provided as an information resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This information does not create any patient-physician relationship and should not be used as a substitute for a professional diagnosis and treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or guidance about a specific medical condition. The show, host, and its guests expressly disclaim responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of your reliance on the information contained in this site or show. By visiting this site and listening to this show, you agree to the... By visiting this site and listening to this show, 
you agree to the terms and conditions which may from time to time change or be supplemented by the show host.